0: 15 for the NFL came and went in eventful fashion in every sense of the word, really. My name's Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros and Justin Tucker. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Guys, this week really was a pleasure to watch from shocking upsets to horrible officiating at times uh, to a unbelievable comeback that we already covered. Um, for technical reasons for our show. Um, but we have a great show planned for you guys tonight. We're going to cover the Cowboys, how they lost to the Jaguars, 40-34. to We're going to hit on the Dolphins, who have dropped their third straight loss, um, falling to 8-6 and six into the last seed in the playoffs. After, at one point, for a brief moment, holding on to the number one seed. Um, but first... How are you guys? Not too
1: bad. Ah, uh,
2: you know, Adam, I'm, I'm fine. You know, holiday season's coming up. First semester of this college year is over, so can't can't complain. It's been nice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know what we can complain about is the Patriots in that stupid, stupid game. In any well, way, you awesome can. Sports like,
2: fans is what we do.
0: The the officiating, the play calling. Dude, that it's not even our game. But, dude, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just saying,
2: when it comes to officiating, it's not even our game. It didn't just stay to our game. It was also the Commanders-Giants officiating was god-awful as well. The NFL in
0: general has an officiating problem, and all 32 teams should be upset. I agree. I agree. But we're going to start with the Cowboys, who have lost to the Jaguars 40-34 to in an upset loss. Now, I would like to take back – what I said a couple of weeks ago about the team that would most threaten Philly being the Cowboys and not being (laughs) the 49ers. I heard what you said. I listened to the the last episode, CJ. I heard what you said. Yeah, Yeah, well, you should. I took, listen, the Cowboys from a talent perspective are a team where at their absolute best can beat any team in the league. Like they're just that—they're just that talented. At like everywhere you look, their offensive line is great. Their passing game is very good. Their defense is really good. Their running game is elite. The only spot where they—they—they they, they fall short in is being able to win in big moments or just late in the season. And in this case, so you can—you can, you can spin this game a couple of ways. So the Cowboys, they they did go, they went up three possessions, and they blew that lead, in choking fashion. But the Jaguars, they they have been, they have been a red hot team lately, and you have Trevor Lawrence, who has been, who has been showing out and really making tremendous strides late in late in his second year. But there's no excuse if you are if you are the Cowboys, who I have as arguably a top 2 team in all of football top 2 at least 3 then you need to win this game regardless if the if the jaguars come in here and they put up a fight and let's say you blow the the three possession lead and the cowboys they still win the game then it, I'd say that's almost a plus that's great you you managed you got smacked in the face by a team that was that's on the up and up and you still hung in there and won the game Because that's what you should do. You're a great team. You beat other teams who are also very good or just teams that show up on any given Sunday. They didn't do that. You lost the freaking game to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But, guys, I wanted to get your thoughts on the Cowboys this season. Is this this just another year for the Cowboys?
1: CJ, do you want to go first?
2: Yeah. I'll go first. Yes. Yes, it is. And Adam, we've spoken about this before and how we say we can't sleep on the Cowboys because the typical excuse of, Oh, it's the Cowboys. They don't do anything. Isn't really analytical, but I'm starting to wonder if that argument holds some weight. And a lot of it comes from coaching. I have been adamant ever since they hired him that uh, Mike McCarthy, is a terrible head coach even aaron Rodgers, who's a future hall of famer could only carry him so far and i feel like if they actually got like a good head coach now i'm not saying they go out and get these people but someone like a mike mcdaniel or a kevin o'connell or or anyone like that they'd look a lot better but yeah a lot of it's coaching but at the same time they just imploded against jacksonville But a lot of me thinks that perhaps this says more about Jacksonville than it does about Dallas. Cause like you mentioned, they're on the up and up. Trevor Lawrence has taken a massive stride in his second year, but the Cowboys, they're not first in their division for a reason. Their schedule's not really that challenging. I think they're, I think they're going to be a one and done team in the playoffs. Personally, they're really fraudulent. But hey, you know what else is new at this point?
1: I guess it's my turn. All right, I'll take it away from here. Every time me and Adam have this conversation, I tell them they can't they can't help themselves. They always mess it up. They are. Uh, there's no reason for it. There's no explanation for it. They just do it. And Adam every time says, that's not a good explanation. I know this is what they always do, but this year will be different. And I ask him <laughs> why. Because they can't it just keep ha- messing this up. And I keep it has
0: telling him. It has to happen sometime.
1: It has no, to it happen. Doesn't. I keep telling him. No, it's not. It's the Cowboys. They haven't been able to get this right since 1996. Can't even make a conference championship appearance i try i try to tell him every time and he doesn't listen obviously when i look back on sunday's game it was a Dak prescott's fault he threw a pick six it went through the receiver's hands it was an accident it was waiting to happen because it's the cowboys now should they have been in that position in the first place no because you don't give up a lead of that margin in the fourth quarter just like that and then go into overtime against A respectable team that I do concede in the Jacksonville Jaguars. But if you are a playoff team, you close that door firmly and tell them not today. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case with the Cowboys, wasn't it? And even though they did clinch the playoffs because the commanders lost, they did not deserve to feel gratitude that day. Oh, my God. Where do I begin? They look like game busters in the first half. Second half, the Jaguars walked them down. Fourth quarter, when you need it the most, Dak Prescott throws a pass, went through the receiver's hands, intercepted, the game is over. I don't even know where to go with this team. They drop passes when you need them to complete passes. They fumble the ball when you least expect it. They turn it over when you don't want them to turn it over. And yet, for some reason, Adam will come on here and tell you that, oh my God, they're a top two, if not top three team in the NFL. They're not even a top three team in the NFC right now. I'm sorry, I'm taking the Vikings, I'm taking the Eagles, and I'm taking the 49ers over the Cowboys. You want to know why? Because they don't make these type of mistakes on a consistent weekly effort. I'm sorry. Unfortunately, I don't trust the Cowboys at all. Adam knows where I'm going with this. He knows it. He just doesn't want to admit it. They're going to be one and done. They'll make the playoffs because they have no choice now because they clinched because the commanders lost. But they're an accident waiting to happen because it's the Cowboys. They can't help themselves. This is what they do.
0: All right. Is it my turn? You can speak. We'll forgive you. All right. Two minutes uninterrupted. <laughs> um. So, I don't. I wouldn't go that far as to say they're not top three right now. now. Especially not in the NFC. In the NFC, because I still, I still, while the the Vikings they pulled off a great victory. They they have a lot of momentum going their way and rightfully so. It was against the Colts. It was against the Colts who are having a, some some big time issues themselves. But like the Cowboys, I mean, I, I'm I'm still looking at at them in a, in a negative in a negative sense as well after this after this game. I mean, there's there's really there's only a couple ways you could look at this and say well. And it's the only one, the only real one is that they're facing Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars, who are a good young team and who are really starting to come on the past couple of weeks in earl and late in this season. They may they may even make the playoffs at this point. They're only a game, but actually they're I believe they're half a game. They're, they're half a game behind a playoff spot, I believe. Mm-hmm. No, no. They're 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 only a game. They're a game behind the division lead. That's their that's their way into the playoffs at this point. But they might actually catch them. But that's 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 besides the point. Listen, this team is still really good and I still have them above the Vikings. I'm sorry. I the Vikings. I don't trust Dak Prescott or excuse me. I don't trust Kirk Cousins. And the Vikings kind of have their own is, have the have issues of their own. They're they're a team that has. I mean, let's not let's not forget when the when the Cowboys went into their house and smothered them 40 to three. So this was a bad loss, but upsets happened at the end of the day. But I do, I do slide the Cowboys a little bit further down on my power rankings. I have the 49ers over them. Now that's the team. That's the, the 49ers are now the biggest threat to beat, uh, to, to, uh, to upset the Eagles in the playoffs. If there's any team that's going to beat them, it's not going to be the Cowboys. The Cowboys still could do it, but, I, I, I give a better I give a better chance to the 49ers at this point. and I don't know about I don't even know about going into this game, I did have the Cowboys as a, t- a potentially top three team in the league. Now, I barely have them top three in the NFC because I don't see the Chiefs m- making that big of a, that big of a mistake. I don't see the I don't see the bills choking like that. The Bengals absolutely not. The Bengals have been red hot lately. And they're a story of their own Joe Burrow back-to-back seasons for the Bengals for 30 or more touchdowns. The only quarterback ever in franchise history to have back-to-back seasons. The only one to have several 30 plus touchdown seasons at all in that. I mean, it's, it's a low bar to set for the Bengals. Let's, let's be real, but like, there's a lot of teams that now I think are better than the Cowboys just in the flawed nfc i still think they're top 3 i still do they're, like there's there's philly there's the 49ers and then i still have the cowboys but let's pump the brakes a little bit on the vikings they may not be pushovers like they have been in years past but i don't think they're better than the cowboys cowboys have a more da- a much more balanced team and I just think they're they're top to bottom a, a better team. Also, I don't think the Cowboys are going one and done because they're facing the Bucks in the first round of the playoffs.
1: That is all if the season ended today.
0: If this yeah. I don't and I don't, I don't think thi- and I, I don't see them like I think they're gonna they're gonna beat they're probably gonna beat the Eagles this week just because Jalen Hurts isn't playing. And I don't I don't see the Cowboys losing the rest of their games. And let me let me pull up their schedule right real quick. Let's let's get this um uh we uh, pull up their schedule real quick and here we go. So they have the Eagles next, which is probably a win. Then they have the Titans, that's probably a win as well. And then the Commanders, probably a win. And now this isn't a disgusting schedule, like an easy peasy, like walking, walk in the park. But I, I would say that they should win these games. Then again, they should have, be, they should have beaten the, the Jaguars, but mm-hmm. upsets happen. I, I still have them. They're still top three in the NFC. That's, that's my take. I was a little all over the place, but I mean, I'm, I'm just flustered that this happened. There's a lot of things that are just crazy and that we're going to cover. But do we want – actually, let's let's move on because we're 15 minutes into the show. Um, so the Dolphins, they started off – they had a pretty good season mm-hmm. at first. They were 8-3, and three, and we were thinking one of the top teams in the AFC. They're barely in the playoffs at this point, like literally barely in the playoffs. We're going to talk about next – that next, this is the Fumble Ruski podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power Radiate and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros and Justin Tucker. Now, the Dolphins, like I said, teasing this segment, they've had a pretty good season. And outside of that stretch in the beginning of the year where Tua was hurt, so they had their backup in, and they had a couple of other injuries as well, they lost three straight. But besides that, they've been golden. and start to the year, and you can almost discount those three losses. It's almost not fair. I mean, well, injuries happen, but still. Um, Now they've kind of lost three straight. They lost in a game to – it started off in a blowout loss to the 49ers. Then they lost in upset fashion to the Chargers, who have been kind of up and down this year. Like, they should be better than they are, but they're still borderline. They're in the hunt they're kind of a playoff team but they're, they're 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 on the they're like barely right there and this week they went into buffalo and they kind of had their hands tied like yes they deserve they 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 deserve to be underdogs in this game because the B- buffalo has has really good talent and they had the elements on their side it was cold it was a warm wa- weather team going up into buffalo facing a cold weather team when it was cold out and also they got snow earlier in the day but they still made a game out of it and you could come out saying okay they they're they're turning things around but there was kind of a team at this point that they needed to beat they really needed to win that game in order to to avoid losing 3 in a row because this team is just too talented not to not to not this this team's too talented to be 8 and 6 and be the seventh seed and barely squeak into the playoffs. They're, they're worlds better than they have been in in the past couple seasons where they barely missed the playoffs and now you're barely going to make it in if that. So guys, should we start reevaluating the season for the for the Dolphins? Is there are they are they running into bad luck or are they you know, should they should they be better than this?
1: it's kind of like a combination of both. They ran into good quality teams and now they're dealing with some injuries. I mean, it's unfortunate what's going through with them right now, but at the same time, it's like, it's that time of the year. It's December football, the one time of year where it gets colder and things become more difficult and things aren't open as they once were. And you have to make changes on the fly and you have to get used to it. This is the make or break time of year. And unfortunately for them, they're, The only light game, and I use that in parentheses, light game they have left is Green Bay. And I don't think that's going to be an easy game either. Because coming up, they still have the Patriots and they still have the Jets. Those are two divisional games. If they can win both those games, I could see them making the playoffs. However, those are two big ifs within themselves because the Patriots aren't no pushovers and the Jets are trying to survive by no matter what to make the playoffs. So when I look at the look at their schedule it's going to tell me whether or not they this team is for real or not but i'm not sh- sure if i'm ready to real reevaluate them yet it's just they ran into bad luck with the opponents they've had to face that's all they had to face the bills and they had to face the 49ers those teams are tough so as much as i want to be like oh my god this team is cr- this is awful no they just ran into some bad luck with the teams they're going up against
0: all right cj
1: <sighs> Miami
2: is in this little zone I like to call the in between. They can throw their weight around with bad opponents, but when it comes to like the actual cream of the crops, you know, like the Niners, who are who could very well take like the second or third spot in the NFC or their division rival Bills is, I mean, their Dolphins are saying, say, oh, we can hang with them. Well, I have some news for you. It's not enough to hang with a team. You have to beat them. If you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. And when they're playing like real quality teams, they're not pulling out victories as often as they should. And I will admit that a lot of it is because of injuries. And their defense has kind of fallen apart as of late. But it's just, you know, with all the hype around you, with Tua for some reason getting MVP love, you know, it's like, oh, we got Tyreek Hill. For all the trash talking, all the cockiness, and, and you are, the wheels are starting to come off. It's like watching a slow motion car crash. I'm sorry. They're not a threat to the Super Bowl. They're not a threat for the AFC Championship game. Or it's just, and they're probably going to squeak into the playoffs at the seventh seed. And it's just, I feel you need to start worrying about Miami, and you have Green Bay, New England, and the Jets left—all teams that Miami is better than. But I'm shocked if they drop one because, like Justin said, they're not pushovers. So, but it's not enough to win these games either. Now, hear me out. Yeah, you can beat them. But my but the thing is, if it's a close game or, like, a really ugly win, there, there's really not much separating a really ugly win from a loss. Because if you're going up against a team that you should wallop and you get in a defensive rock fight, I'm sorry. That's just inexcusable for a team of Miami's supposed caliber. Uh, all I'm going to say is I'm going to be looking at these next few weeks very closely and – if Miami gets in on the seventh seed, then I I don't know. Then I'll just be disappointed.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So the way I look at this season, when they went eight, when they and I've I've mentioned it a lot that they they started eight and three, that was almost more like them being eight and zero, because the those last those three games where they lost, they I mean. They lost Tua for three games. Tua was practically—he got his head knocked off. And then when he came back, the team started winning again. And yeah, they're going through a little a rough stretch here, but it feels like it's not really. And life isn't fair, but it feels like it's just not fair for what they're what they're going through right now. Because if this if this was happening, like let's say. They they're losing three in a row. They should be like eleven and three. Because they would have they would have won at least two of the three games that they lost earlier in the season. They would have beaten the Jets, not lost to them 40 to 17. And I think they're bet I think at full strength they're better than the Vikings. The Vikings went into Miami. So Miami had home field advantage. With Tua in that game, you win. You win that game. Especially since just with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback it was a one possession game the bengals you can you can make a case the bengals are a pretty talented team themselves but they were having struggles too they could have beaten that team so like it's like it, this is kind of what sucks about football the injury bug hits you and it's hard to predict whether or not it's going to happen the, the dolphins have done all the right things the past couple of seasons They invested in their quarterback. They went and got him some help. They've gotten him protection. They surrounded him with a pretty good defense, but you can't predict injuries. And that's kind of what's hitting them is some bad luck. And yes, they're a warm weather team. So in cold weather conditions, they're probably not going to play the same level they could, but they kind of held their own against the, against Buffalo there. Wouldn't you think they did pretty well? And you could come out of that with a moral victory saying, well, well, I mean, a, B- a Bills team that in many ways has the advantage over you, you hu- and you hung in there against them. But you can't really call it that anymore because they're 8-6. and six. You could call this a moral victory. But given the situation, you lost to the 49ers in blowout fashion. You lost to the Chargers in upset fashion. You can't really call that a moral victory because now you need every every victory you can get. This team's too good to be a seven seed at eight and six. They, sh- they need to get a little higher here. And looking at their remaining schedule, they have the Packers, which should be a win, especially since the Packers are visiting the Dolphins. They have the Patriots and the Jets, which aren't. Which aren't givens, but those are I still think those are games that you should win. Especially the against the Patriots with the issues that they are having, that we'll get to next. <laughs> the Jets. <laughs> the Jets are having their own issues. And they can't even start Mike White anymore, who they wanted to start over Zach Wilson, because he's hurt now. And they're starting the guy who they decided to bench for disciplinary reasons. So I think those are games that you should win. So if you finish. If you finish 11 and six I guess that's a I guess that's a, a step up from what you've done in years past but this team has been playing too well to be 11, 11 and six either they should be at least they should finish at least 12 and five 12 and five 13 and four like that's the talent that level that they've had this year and they've shown it time and time again but mm-hmm. again things that you really can't control have have really come back to hurt them. And it sucks. That's kind of what, what you've gone through. All right. Um, we do need to move on, but we have the Patriots who lost to the Raiders on a botched lateral on the yeah. final play. So the Raiders. Yes, I added in this segment last second because there's no way you can that you can't you can't exclude this play. It's been it's being talked out. Not it's a talked Patriots about. Fan excluding
1: the, the Patriots game?
0: Never. Of course not as much. It's going to pain CJ and I, but, um, that was a wild, even as Patriots fans, that was a wild game in itself. And we're going to get to all of it next. This is the fumble ruski podcast. You're listening to the Fumble Ruski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker with you in the house. All right. So, this segment's going to hurt, but the New England Patriots lost to the Raiders on a botched lateral on the final play. (laughs) Now, I'm going to break it down to you real simply. So, the Patriots fell down 13-7 to as late as... It, it was. They went into halftime. It was thirteen to seven, mm-hmm. and the Patriots slowly chipped away at the lead with a few field goals, and a uh, <clears throat> and a pick six, courtesy of safety Kyle Duggar, and then they finally took the lead with three forty three remaining, at twenty four to seventeen, after Amandre Stevenson got a thirty four yard touchdown run. Um. And then they got the two-point conversion, Mm 24-17 at this point. So then the Raiders get the ball back, and they have the chance to answer. The Raiders did not – man; it was a three and out. They did not manage to get anything, and then they punted the ball back. Three minutes left at this point. You would think Patriots – they just need a couple of first downs. One, maybe two first. Even if you only get one, you give them the ball back, and you and you give them very limited time to score, and their their hands are tied, and they still need a touchdown. Go all the way down. They couldn't get any of that, so they give them the ball back with two and a half minutes left on the clock, which is plenty of time. And they have a couple. I believe what did they did they have a timeout at that point? Hey, I was watching CJ.
1: another game.
2: I don't know. I don't remember.
0: They so they they still had the two point. They still had the two minute the two minute warning. Mm-hmm. And I believe they had one timeout left. So they managed to hold them to a fourth and ten. They convert. The Raiders converted it, and then controversy happened. Deep ball. To Keelan Cole, thirty-yard pass. It was called a touchdown at first. Upon replays, although it, the angles that they had were a little, it was hard to it was hard to interpret. It looked like he was out of bounds. It, in fact, it was almost clear. He he stepped the the Keelan Cole stepped out of bounds on oh, his and- second foot.
2: Adam, I'd like to point out we have new pictures, new angles come out that did, in fact, show. Well, not by much, but he did go out of bounds.
0: All right. Either way, the refs, upon review, called it a complete pass and a touchdown. So at this point, it is now 24-24. to Mm -hmm. The Raiders have tied it. And then, at this point, there were 32 seconds left. The Patriots have two timeouts, and they had the ball. Patriots had the ball at their own 25 yard line. They didn't manage to to get the ball far enough down the field and then and they, they handed the ball off a couple times as well. So I'll go I'll go through what happened. So on first and 10 at the New England 25 mass uh, pass from Mac Jones uh, Mac Jones to Jacoby Myers eight yards. Didn't get out of bounds. They had to time out New England, 25 seconds left. Then second and two, Mac Jones pass incomplete short to Nelson Aguilar. At this point, there's 20 seconds left and clock stops. Ramondre then 20 seconds left on a third and two. Ramondre Stevenson up the middle for 12 yards. And at this point, there's 14 seconds left. Timeout number three by New England with 14 seconds left. Mac Jones incomplete to uh, to uh, it, it. It just says incomplete short right. I, I wasn't a, I wasn't at the I wasn't watching the game. I couldn't. I was at a Christmas concert. Um, Mac Jones incomplete deep right to Jacoby Myers. At this point, there's second. There's 10 seconds left. 10 seconds left and you have the ball at the New England 45. You, at this point, want to at least try to either throw to the sidelines to try and get some ground for a potential field goal, or throw the Hail Mary. What did they do? They handed the ball off to Ramondre Stevenson, who got a good, a solid game, but then he lateraled it to Jacoby Myers, and Jacoby Myers tried to lateral it all the way across the field. I'm not sure who he was looking for. Maybe, maybe Mac Jones. But old Patriot, um, Chandler Jones intercepts it, stiff arms the hell out of Mac Jones, who is the only guy to beat, runs it all the way back for the touchdown as time expires. Raiders win. CJ, I'll
2: give it to you first. What are your thoughts? To any Raiders fans listening, I'd like to say this. Good game, but you know it's out of bounds. And I've seen Raiders fans on Instagram say, hey, did you see the new pictures? Keelan Cole was in bounds. And I'm like, what level of denial are you in? And they're like, he may have been ruled out of bounds, but that's what you get for the tuck rule. Don't complain about the refs after the tuck rule. Also, on a side note, I don't understand the controversy around the Tuck rule. It was a rule at the time, and they made the right call. I mean, there was just the rule on the books. That's not controversial. And and then and then I just and then the decision to lateral it. Matt Patricia, what are you thinking? I know Ramondre took the blame, then Jacoby took the blame, then Mac took the blame. But no, 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 no. There is one man, and
0: it's Matt. It was, Patricia. It was an improvised play. It wasn't called.
1: It wasn't cold.
0: It. it was it was it was improvised. It was by the players on the field. That wasn't Patricia, either. It, what, what was Patricia I mean, was is, deciding to run the ball. Yeah, um, exactly. With ten seconds left. It's just like so. Either way,
2: Patricia's play calling has been terrible, and the worst part is there's locker room drama now in New England. Trent Brown liked to tweet saying they should move on from Mac Jones. Apparently, a lot of players have been very vocal that they do not want Patricia there. Apparently, Bill doesn't see an issue. He's just like, well, it wouldn't be worth it to make a change now. I'm like, dude, do something. And he's real. And apparently, in Kraft has said, you can have Patricia just for the remainder of this year because I'm not signing off on him being the offensive play caller again. And, And, you know, the play happened. I would say everyone says it's now the dumbest play in NFL history, which. You got the indie fake punt. You got throwing the ball on the one-yard line in the Super Bowl, the butt fumble. It's a pretty stupid play. I wouldn't call it the dumbest. But good Lord, this Patriots team hurts me. And everyone's like, well, Mac Jones is a bust. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Bill Belichick has failed Mac Jones. Mac Jones has never had a good offensive coordinator. He had a washed-up Josh McDaniels and a woefully unqualified Matt Patricia. He's never been given a true wide receiver one, and the O-line's been battered by injury. Play calling, not good personnel around him. The deck's been stacked against him from the start. Bill has just failed him. You know, like, the play calling's been awful. His personnel decisions, awful. I just, I cannot get around this. I hate Matt Patricia with every fiber of my being. In fact, I <laughs> hope right. that next time there's a game of Gillette, the New England fans pelt beer cans at him because that Jeez. is what. All deserves. right, all
0: right, all right.
2: Hold on, I can I just finish. Just all right.
0: yeah, just just, just tone it down bit. a little bit. Yeah,
2: it's just I. I just. They got to get rid of Matt Patricia. They have to get rid of their special teams coach, Cam Accord. And Bill needs, because, you know, Bill's not big into titles, but we need a real offensive coordinator and a real defensive coordinator. This whole coordinator by committee thing doesn't work. It has failed. Our offense is being run into the ground by the football version of the village idiot. And let me tell you something. I trust Gas Station Sushi more than I trust Matt Patricia. I just, this man angers me greatly. He angers all of New England greatly. Everyone's like, huh, spoiled New England fans getting angry, and I'm like, it's hardly being a spoiled fan to say Matt Patricia's awful. He never should have been there, and I'm starting to, and Bill's managerial style, I'm starting to worry is just if the game's kind of passed him by. I mean, everyone does have a shelf life, but Bill needs to show that he is in tune with his players and can make the right changes because I honestly wouldn't take just completely clearing house off the table and just starting from a blank slate.
0: All right.
1: (laughs) Talk. (laughs) Tell me how you really feel, CJ. Oh, geez. Uh, Where do I begin? First off, the play itself. I'm not going to lie to you. I've thought about this countless of times, and I disagree with CJ. This might actually be the dumbest play in NFL history. Not Ow. because. All right, <laughs> dumber than the Colts fake punt? Dumber than the one yes. fumble? No. Yes. No. Yes. This you have to look that, that
2: fake punt was off. The
1: like reason that. I think it was dumb in the first place because, A, it wasn't called in the huddle. B, it wasn't executed the way it was supposed to in the huddle. C, the players took liberties with that play. took it into the hands of themselves, so I can't fault the coaches for it. Fourth, Jacoby Myers really thought in his mind, gee, we need to get this to the end zone one way or another. Let's throw it backwards to who? Mac Jones, who has no speed and cannot get it 50 yards down the field, and he was already in front of the line of scrimmage. So that wasn't going to work. And even then, he underthrows it and throws it to the only person in the vicinity, Chandler Jones, and the rest is history, because why would you expect Mac Jones to make that tackle one-on-one with Chandler Jones? Even though he did take responsibility for that, that is not Mac Jones' fault. That is Jacoby Myers and Ramon J. fault for not letting the game go into overtime. Now, now that that's being said, despite all of the faults that New England has, The lack of a passing game, the lack of quality receivers, the terrible O-line that Mac Jones is dealing with, the the occasional faults that the defense has, the special teams problems, despite all the faults that they have, and the lack of an O.C., they are still in the playoff race. It's not the end of the world just yet. They still have three opportunities to win games and to get back in the playoffs. If they can win those three games... I believe they will make the playoffs. But that remains to be seen. Oh, my God. I don't even know where to go with this team. It's from as disciplined. I used to remember Bill Belichick's teams. The Patriots used to be a very disciplined team. This team feels very undisciplined, if that makes sense. It just, it's not adding up here. The passing game is mediocre at best. The running game is the best quality about the team, but it can't get started with the lack of the lack of the O-line that it has. The players don't want to be there. The OC is non-existent. They do it by committee, and even they are terrible at it. They are killing their quarterback. They are killing him. And the only thing they can rely on week on a week-to-week basis is that defense, which still tells me Bel Belichick can still coach. He can still coach. Maybe not offense, but he can still coach on the NFL. So with all the problems that they have, Oh my god. This thinking about everything surrounding that play? Yeah, it might be the dumbest play and the stupidest play I've ever seen in my life.
0: All right. <clears throat> so, would I still I still blame it all on the play calling, how everything worked out? Because you could blame it on the refs on that call, which wasn't a touchdown. You could blame it on that final play which was a stupid play. You could say both of those things. But say what you want. If you are the Patriots and you have the ball with three minutes left and you can't even get a first down to put this game on ice, that's not on anyone else but yourself. And this is what happens when you only do run and screen plays and short checkdowns in the flats. That's what's going to happen. You're not going to get the first downs when you need it. This is the problem with defense and running the ball. It helps you win some games, but whenever you need to do stuff like this, when you actually need to get the first down, then that's where that's where it becomes a problem. The final of this game should have been twenty-four seventeen. You put you get a couple first downs, you put the game on ice. They couldn't even do that. Even after even after the touchdown, um, the the the, the game tying touchdown, they still could have either. You know, if you have 30, if you have the ball, two timeouts, thirty-two seconds left, think about all the quarterbacks, or just just all the offenses that could get into field goal range. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills would get into field goal range. Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense would get into field goal range. Patrick Mahomes would get a touchdown, and we're sitting here. You have the number 15 overall pick, Mac Jones. And you have some decent weapons around you in Kendrick Bourne, who you barely even use. You completely neglect. Hunter Henry, Kendrick, uh, I already mentioned Kendrick Bourne. Jacoby Myers, Devontae Parker. And you decide to do all checkdowns and running, running the ball on the final play to your fourth round running back, who granted has had a decent season. Pretty good season. But you can't. You can't do anything with the guys who you paid for and throw the ball towards the sidelines and try to get into field goal range. You couldn't do that. At the very least, take a knee or throw a Hail Mary, throw up a a prayer. Then you're playing for overtime and you still have a chance. But that, that seemed like again, like, like like Tuck said, that was the players taking this game into their own hands because they did not trust the play calling of Matt Patricia. They said, this is a stupid play call. This isn't like this is going to do us anything. If Ramondre Stevenson would, just went down on that play, then wh- what are we getting out of it? You just get overtime, that's it. At that point, take a knee. Why are you risking Ramondre Stevenson's health? Why are you risking all the linemen's health who are blo- blocking for that play? Like, why? Why not, if you're going to run a play, go for it all, not just a 15-yard gain. Come on. That made no sense to me. Not at all. Like it it was bad enough that they 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 tried to lateral every and everything. It's not that I don't blame them because I do. That was a stupid play. But I blame the coaching that the players have lost that much faith in you that they tried to improvise that whole thing. And they tried to pull something out of their ass that wasn't there. That's where I have an issue. And again, like I blame like it all comes down to the play calling. There were so many times where you could have at least ha- had this game on ice or could have at least put yourself into, in position to regain the lead and win the game, but you didn't. You didn't because your play calling is that bad. That is all, but we're running a little bit behind schedule, so we're going to move on, uh, and we're going to go to our week 16, if you can believe it. We're on a week to week 16. Of our waiver wire pickups for our Fumble Rooski Fantasy Fix. That's next. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros and Justin Tucker. All right, so we are on to our Fumble Rooski Fantasy Fix, where we are doing our waiver wire pickups. Congratulations to every team who has, at this point, depending on your playoff structure, if you made the playoffs, congrats. If you made it to the next round, congrats. And I'm not sure if anyone is, ha- is having their championship week this week, but... Congrats if you made it or if you won the championship. I don't know. I don't know how you guys structure your leagues. Either way, we are here to give you your waiver wire pickups for for uh, for your for the best chance for you guys to win a championship in your league. All right, starting with running backs, we have Deion Jackson and Jarek McKinnon. For wide receivers, we have KJ Osborne and Jahan Dotson. We have, at tight end, Jawan Johnson and Chigozim Okonkwo. For quarterback streamers, we have Gardner Minshew at Dallas and Geno Smith at Kansas City. For defense streamers, we have Broncos at the Rams and Jaguars at the Jets. All right. Up next, we have our Fumble Rooski fan box asking for the most fraudulent teams this season in the playoff picture. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros and Justin Tucker. All right, we're on to our Fumble Rooski fan box where we post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more, and give you and we'll discuss it and give you a shout-out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. So the question of the week was, who is the most fraudulent team in the playoff picture this year, so James Calzini said Vikings, and that's one where you could say it's a good, like, so we had a couple people who said Vikings. Ian Mulhern also said Vikings. Um, Reed Becker said Vikings, and Chris Costich Kost- gave a couple answers. He said Vikings, da- uh, Dallas Cowboys, and uh, the Bills as well. But the Vikings, that's an interesting one because – like they proved they're not – this past week they're not pushovers. But I wouldn't – I'm not – I'm indifferent on calling them fraudulent. All right. Among team among responders who said Dallas – so Jack Hartman said Dallas for sure. Mm-hmm. And then uh, going through – we're trying to go through on everyone who said the Cowboys. Brogdon Hill said Cowboys. And then Chris Kostic said Cowboys as well. The Cowboys are a team I'm not ready to call them frauds just yet, but that wasn't a Come good one. If, if, on, on, you your if you're if you're on if you're on team frauds for Cowboys, then this was a good week for you. I'll say that much. But I'm not ready to jump on that train yet because upsets happen. Yeah, and the and the Jaguars cool. in recent weeks have been no pushovers, but I will put the I will put at this point the 49ers over the Jaguars now. You, you move the needle a little bit with me, all right? Um, also, Zachary Stilson said Cowboys. He said he had some strong words. Cowboys, they will choke no matter what. Uh, no matter what happens, who they play, they'll choke. So, yikes. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, among play, uh So, uh, t- uh, Jim, uh, I'm forgetting this guy, kid's name. Um, it's Tim M.C., I'm trying to – Instagram is hard to uh, navigate here. I'm trying to get to this kid's response so I could call him by his name and not his username. Um, oh, we love – no. Charlie Tim. There it is. So Charlie Tim said Tennessee and Baltimore. once, But once L- Lamar comes back, they'll be fine. Lamar um, – so Baltimore's one thing. I'm not sure if they're contenders, even if they are at full strength, but the Titans, the Titans, that A.J. Brown trade is looking worse and worse as it goes on. And other people who said uh, Titans, Luke Banning also said Titans it's like they should it was bad enough that they have Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, but at least they had a number one wide receiver. Now they don't have that and Traylon Burks, maybe he's the guy, maybe he's not, but he's clearly not ready yet. And why would you hit the reset button and and roll the dice on the, on the possibility of him not even being, you know, not even being um, right for like right for the job. What if he doesn't pan out and AJ Brown did, and now he's panning out in uh, Philly as well. Um. Diego Huertas said, Jets or Giants? Lay, uh, I, hope, um, I don't know what he said for the rest of this. He said, lay hope take would be the Bucs. I don't know what he's trying to say. I think, but I think the other
2: take would be the Bucks.
0: Uh, yeah, I think his other take would be the Bucs. Um, so other people who said Bucs, Jad Noman, he said Bucs. Mallory Kleppel said Bucs. Owen Vanslack said Bucs uh who else said box isaac zonana our favorite my our favorite dolphins fan said box um mm-hmm. among team among uh pl- among guys who said jets and or giants um grayson mortimer said one of the MetLife teams uh just skimming through these uh Daniel Blaziak said, Giants, not Jets, because Giants have no one who's bad. But... uh, Mm -hmm. Drew Falcone said Giants. Eli Turner said Giants. So the Giants, they were... They did look good. They have a good wide receiving core on paper. But it's not... It it's not healthy, and their okay. offensive line is not healthy either. So Daniel Jones is having trouble staying on his feet. They're now a top four in the league in times sacked for their quarterback. Yes. That doesn't look good on their part. Um, what else? So we got some Vikings picks. We had one for Dolphins. Stephen Parker said Dolphins. So the. Dolphins uh it's only because of their health and also they're a warm weather team so they're already at a disadvantage because if they now now they're they're most likely going to the road to the playoffs for them uh, through uh, the road to the Super Bowl for them goes on the road like they're not going to have any home games so I don't see them I just don't. I don't. I. I just don't see them making a run at this point, and it's not. It's hardly their fault. Um. All right. Who else? Connor Fallon said the Commanders. The Commanders. No, it's just I I don't think feel that like because because fraud implies that they were once thought to be good. Yeah. But, Going into the season, they didn't look like they were going to be good. They would be borderline a playoff team. And they are right now, but they started off the season one and four. And with Taylor Heineke, they've actually had a good stretch lately um, at quarterback. Um, Looking at all all these other responses, um, Secret Weapon Consulting said, the team with zebra stripes, the NFL officials have proven to be frauds over and over. Yes. I mean, the officiating – Yeah, the officiating has been extra extra bad this year, but they're also just plain old a scapegoat for any NFL fan to say, our team lost because of the officials, which I kind of feel bad about. I kind of feel bad about. It has been bad this year, but most of the time when a team loses – There's almost always a good portion of their fan base that says they lost because of the refs or, oh, Patriots versus the refs. Buccaneers versus the refs. Cowboys versus the refs. You're paying off the refs.
1: Sounds like a bunch of frauds if you ask me.
0: Sounds like they're the frauds. Uh, All right. Another team that said – another person who said Vikings, Derek Houle. He said Minnesota – well, he didn't say the Vikings are frauds. He said Minnesota among teams locked in. So he's more speaking in favor of them. So, yeah, yeah, like they they proved that they're at least not pushovers. But they got it – like I want to see a little more from them. Um, I wanted to revisit this one where Chris Kostic said Vikings or Dallas. But this second part, Buffalo low-key could be one as well. If Josh Allen can't keep the turnovers down.
1: Yeah, that could be a problem. That could be a nasty problem. That could rear ugly head in the playoffs and that could cost them.
0: Because like when Josh Allen is like he, when he's not turning the ball over the team wins most of the time. Yeah. But when he's turning the ball over, for example, there was a three game stretch where he threw six interceptions and they won the game against green Bay where he threw two. But the other two games against the Jets, and the other one, I knew I had the I had the other one. Um, the other game, which was, in the which I'm forgetting the team they they faced, um, mm-hmm. in that loss. Oh, Jet uh, and the Dolphins. No, it wasn't the Dolphins. Hang on, Jesus. I'm. Uh, again i hate i i hate espn now i really hate espn now they they have these ads and as you're scrolling they i swear they make it this way so that if you accidentally brush your finger over it you're going to the app store for the app for apple music and i'm like i don't want apple music spotify's better um hang on and that one game they lost was it was against the Vikings. That's the one I was missing. He threw, they turned the, during that two game stretch, he threw five, he turned the ball, ball over five times. Yep. You can't do that. You can't do that. If you're trying to win, if you're trying to win games. And if you do that in the playoffs, you're almost, you're almost certain to be eliminated. The chiefs aren't going to be as forgiving. Chiefs aren't going to be forgiving on that. And certainly the Bengals. Um, all right, I believe that's everyone, right? Yep, I think so. All right, you guys have any other thoughts before we end the show tonight?
1: Rest up for my Ravens, man. We need I need a win this week. I need a win, and I need us to win out.
0: All right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays and Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at fumbleruski_podcast underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Over and out.